Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 45 of Walk On Radio. We've been a little bit, a little off, but you know what? We're in training camp, so we're finally back. Humph, how are you feeling? I'm good. You know, we had a little bit of a... A little bit of a timing, uh, weird, weird episode schedule, but we're back. We've been really busy. Uh, you know, if you've ever been a part of a fall camp, you would know that it is 10% practice, 150% meetings. Uh, so me and Don don't have a don't have a lot of downtime lately. Yeah. So speaking of Sam Houston training camp, you know, talk to us about it. How's everything going with the team? How are you doing? And like you said, these meetings are tough. Uh, what's been going on? Well, Dalton, this is camp number four for you and I, uh, which is, if you saw on our social media, you saw that we posted a throwback picture of, of QB Ryan and Babyface, uh, former walk-on Dalton. Um, <clears throat> so it's different. Uh, you know, me and Dalton, we're kind of, the, kind of the vets of the group now. You know, there's one class ahead of us because of the whole COVID year thing, but we are definitely part of the old head group. Uh, so that that's definitely a different feel. Um Coming off of the short, you know, the short break is a different feel. I, 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 you know, usually coming into camp, you have this overwhelming excitement because it's been so long since you've had football, and and not that I wasn't excited for camp, but we just got done playing, and and it feels like we picked up right where we left off, which is a good thing because we we left off on top. Um, but but it's been good, Dalton. I think I think after week one, uh, things things are looking good. Yeah, it's been really fun. Uh, in fact, today. We do this thing called Big Brother, Little Brother, where uh, a senior or an upperclassman, they get a freshman, and uh, you get five facts about each other, and then you can kind of go from there. So I can't go into detail about it because it is a training camp thing, but I had a little brother. His name is Braden Howell. Shout out, Braden. Freshman tight end. And for my presentation, I decided to bring Humphreys on, and we did a little, we called it the first annual walk-on NIL job fair fair. Amanda, it was a really good time. We uh, we had a couple jokes here and there. We got to make fun of some of the other players. Good time, a lot of laughs, and uh, just the traditions like that that makes training camp so much fun. And uh, yeah, so we're rolling into camp, having a good time. But let's get into some news. And the first news, and I know I know how you feel about this one, is uh, Quinn Ewers. Ewers. So Ewers. Ewers. Five star quarterback. Yeah. Originally a Texas Longhorn commit. Now he's at Ohio State. So- South Lake Carroll. High school out of Texas. Texas guy. Uh, something happened. Big news. So let's talk about a hump. Inform the people and uh, let me hear your thoughts. So uh, Quinn Evers, uh, number one, number one rated high school recruit in the country uh, for for this next recruiting class. He is going to forego his senior season at South Lake Carroll, uh, and this is a, to pursue NIL deals uh, before he enrolls at Ohio State, which he, he he's going to enroll this fall. Uh, so he's, he's graduating high school early, Dalton. And, and I don't know, I, I, as a guy that, you know, is real big into nostalgia, real big into, you know, loyalty to whatever I'm a part of. I, this leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Um, and, and, you know, before I have this opinion, a, I was never the number one recruit in the country. Uh, B, I, I never had the opportunity out of high school to make probably six figures uh, like like this kid probably will. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, any way you put it, he is he is quitting on on his graduating high school class. People people that he probably grew up with and has been playing football with for for his whole life. Now, to play a little devil's advocate here, 
Ohio State kind of seems out of position where they don't have a quarterback. So if I'm him and, they're, you know, what they're saying with the recruiting, they want to come in and be the guy. You know, I see that. Now, the reason is for NIL, that's that's a little tough for me because, you know, and I love high school football. So it was one of my greatest memories, some of my greatest moments, especially your senior year. There's so many stuff that you get to do. It's a little questionable for me. If he was saying I want to go to compete for a job and go to Ohio State early, start my college career, okay, I understand that. But because it's he wants to make money, it's kind of tough. And that was our argument or your argument in the beginning when the NIL stuff first came out was it's kind of turning into more of a business and college football is losing that love. It's becoming more about money. And we're seeing it here with a kid that's missing all his senior year stuff just because he wants to go early. Well, well isn't this an immediate an immediate negative of the NIL stuff? I, I don't see how this could possibly be a positive. Yeah, and this, this happening, especially with a five-star quarterback, the number one ranked quarterback, this is only going to trickle down to other athletes that feel the same the same thing they want to go and make money and uh, this could be a this could be a bad trend that begins well and another thing to, to to remember is last year south lake carroll actually lost to austin westlake uh in the 6a state championship so you know wouldn't wouldn't you as as the big time you know big bad recruit in texas wouldn't you want one more go at it to see if you can get a state title yeah because i mean that's having a state championship is, is is such a big deal and especially in texas like we've talked about texas high school football and it just, I feel bad. I feel bad for the coaches of South Lake Carroll and the players. I mean, you're losing a big piece of your offense, and you're just going to have to rebuild from there. Well, and, and here's another little tidbit. I believe that the Austin Westlake starting quarterback is committed to Clemson. Uh-oh. So a little bit of a – could you say it's a rivalry brewing before we even you know get them into college? Let me ask you this question. With him going to, to Ohio State early, do you think this gives him an advantage? I know he's going to be on campus a year earlier this really change anything given how you've seen how a depth chart works in college football, especially with young freshmen? What do you think? Do you, is this a good idea or this is just kind of pointless and he's just going to make some money? Uh, I don't – it really depends what Ohio State feels like their QB room situation is. I have a hard time believing that a a guy that just played his junior year uh, in, in high school football could be the starting quarterback for Ohio State. But they did just lose, you know, Justin Fields, one of the one of the better quarterbacks in Ohio State's history. Uh, so I don't know the situation. I don't know what they're thinking. Uh, what I do know is that part of part of the transition from high school to college is is how complex the playbook is, and and the different types of you know defenses, getting used to you know throwing to Division one level receivers, uh, and so I would say from that standpoint, it's a great thing. That's that's a whole that's a whole semester, maybe two semesters that he gets that he wouldn't have gotten before. So that's a positive. I just I just can't get over the the leaving your high school teammates fact. Excuse me. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that and see how it does. We'll we'll see when he finally gets on campus. Maybe he gets a job, maybe he travels. We'll we'll pay attention to that. This is also and sorry to interrupt, but this is also the guy that I decided like a year ago that I wasn't going to root for. Okay? Oh. And and that's because so he was coming to Texas, okay? They 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 called it the biggest the biggest recruiting grab since Vince Young at Texas, okay? So I'm, I'm fired up. You know I'm a Texas guy. I'm fired up. He decommits, okay? And here's his reasoning, Dalton. Here's his reasoning. He says that he felt like he needed to leave the state of Texas because the state of Texas never wins national titles, mm. okay? Here, 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 here's my argument to that, okay? that's that's uh, I see no lies, you know? Texas hasn't won the national championship since 05, um, A&M hasn't won the national championship since the Revolutionary War. <laughs> um, 
And so there's no there, there there's that's a lot of truth right there. But what I want to say to that is if you're this you know generational talent, you're this number one recruit, highest rated recruit since Trevor Lawrence, Vince Young, Andrew Luck, whatever. Stay home and and bring a national title to the state of Texas. And I'm saying that for Texas A&M. I'm saying that for Texas. I'm saying whatever. But wouldn't you want to be the reason that a national title comes back to your home state? Of course. You want to be that guy that goes to the program and changes it around. Look look at Joe Burrow at LSU. And LSU, they always go in that championship. They've won a couple. But Joe Burrow came in there and changed everything. And he was a transfer, so I guess it's different. But still, you want to be that guy that comes in. And I talked about this on an earlier episode if he wants to go to the NFL, Ohio State, I don't know if that's the best spot. We've <laughs> right. seen we've Bad seen QB what history. happened with the QB history and going to the NFL. So I don't know. It, it, it's really complicated for me. Uh, good for him, though. Of course, he's going to make a lot of money. He's going to have a good time. He's going to be really young on a college campus, so he's going to have a lot to learn. Definitely a little maturing he's going to have to do. But it'll be interesting. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Next up is last episode. We, we talked about it. It was rumored. Some stuff was happening. The reason we can't do a college preview is because there was so much conference movement around in <laughs> FBS football. Well, the first official conference news has happened. Texas and Oklahoma have been invited to the SEC, and they will join the conference in 2025. Hump, what are we thinking? Well, uh, first off, what I'm thinking is that we keep putting off this college football preview episode because we don't really know what's going on in the uh, college football world. Uh, it's been such a uh, a whirlwind of emotions for, for a lot of programs, a lot of conferences. Uh, so we, we are going to get to that sometime in the month of August, FCS and FBS. Um, but my initial thoughts on the on the big the big two bads in the Big Twelve moving to the SEC, and we touched on it last episode, but it's happening. Um, it's it's you know twenty twenty five. Who knows? They might. I heard rumors that they could buy out their their existing contract, which would be upwards of one hundred fifty hundred sixty million dollars. Which, eh, in 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 terms of what Texas and OU uh, are bringing to the table, I don't think that that is that much money. Um, but it's weird, Dalton. And, and and then, you know, days after that happens, you hear reports that Clemson and Florida State have reportedly reached out to the SEC. So I don't even – at that point, Dalton, are there conferences or is it just one big jumble of power college football teams? I really think at the end of all of this in like 2031, it's going to be one big SEC conference and nobody else. Uh, I think this is a great move for, for the SEC. I think it's a bad move for Texas. And look – I know they're going to make a lot more money. Their recruiting is going to be well. But it's all about winning in college football. And I just don't know if Texas is going to be able to do that. Now, they do compete with A&M for all the Texas recruits. And that's going to be very interesting to see. But A&M gets the worst deal out of this whole thing. Yeah. I really believe that. And I, it's just why they were fighting so hard for them not to come to the right. SEC. Well, their vote was like 13 to 1 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I would I would bet a pretty penny on who that one was. Now, Oklahoma is a little different because they seem kind of more set to run the SEC. I don't know if they're going to be as successful yet. It might take a little. And, of course, they're going in 2025. But if they end up buying out their contracts, getting there early, this is a big. This is a big change from the Big Twelve. the The defense, uh, the defensive play in the Big Twelve wasn't there, and we've all seen it. We've seen the sixty point games. So uh, going to the SEC, they're going to have to change a lot of things. But it's going to be fun to watch. Do you think? Let's say they go to twenty twenty five. Do you think either of those teams win the SEC? What, whichever and however they do it, if they could put to the East, the West, ever they, or 20, in twenty twenty five. In twenty twenty five, their first year. We're just saying they get there. No, then. no, no chance, no chance. And and I think it goes back to what I said that. You know, those the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh place teams are just going to beat up on each other. I, I can't imagine running the gauntlet in that. Uh, and I think that one team will rise to the top, 
you know, like an Alabama or a really solid Georgia or whatever, a breakout LSU, you know, any of those teams could do it. But my point is, is I, it's, it's, it's just going to be really tough to run the table. And, and I, another thing that goes into this is if it's still a 14 playoff at that point, I mean, you, you really could run into a case where the SEC is going to get two of those teams every single year. So they're going to be 50% of the playoff field no matter what. Even with a Steve Sarkeesian-led Texas team who has been in the gauntlet of the SEC with Alabama and been able to run the table. Well, it's like, it's. I mean, look at, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but look at what Nick Saban's record is against former assistants that have moved on to other places. Yeah. Uh, it's newsflash it's not good yeah. it's 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 domination uh so you know if hands and butts were candy and nuts but i'm pretty sure me and dog could uh, coach alabama and we would be <laughs> just fine and then finally and i know this probably doesn't change anything because it's still the red river rivalry as you've seen in the big 12 and the sec who wins 2025 a, a super early Texas OU, SEC, Red River rivalry. Who you taking? I'm taking the Longhorns. I'm definitely <laughs> taking the Longhorns. I, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully Sark, the the new head coach, can uh, get it done for the Longhorns going forward. I'm tired of seeing the Oklahoma Sooners win the Big Twelve Conference. Uh, it'll be the SEC then, so maybe maybe the tides will turn. I don't know, but I hope. I hope that the SEC bleeds orange by then, uh, but yes, give me the Longhorns. All right, so next up we have is FCS news finally. We've been talking about it. We love our FCS. The, the first official rankings are out. So, Hump, what's your reaction? What are some surprises, and who are some some sleeper teams that could surprise a lot of people? Well, uh, to no surprise, the uh, the team on top is, is none other than uh, Sam Houston, we received 39 of the first place votes. I can't imagine uh, where the other 11 went. That's blasphemy, but that's okay. Uh, coming up behind Sam Houston, the reigning defending world champions of FCS football, James Madison. Uh, and you know, you might ask, uh, I, first initial question on that is, how do you not rank uh, a South Dakota State team that was seconds away from beating the champs uh, that's bringing everyone back. Uh, I think uh, to well, me, not bringing everybody back. Quarterback. That's. I was gonna say that. That's probably the only reason they're not number two, and they are still number three. But James Madison two, South Dakota State three. Everyone's favorite villain, number four, North Dakota State, mm-hmm. the Bison. Number five, we've got Delaware, uh, the Fighting Coach Keelers. Uh, I actually, hmm, I'm not as high on Delaware. I'm not as high as De- on Delaware as I was. Uh, I think that they had an awesome spring. I do not think they will have an awesome fall. And and number six, we've got Weber State. Uh, How do you feel about Weber State? Because they kind of had a disappointing (laughs) end of their season. Great start and and a bad finish. So I was going to say, they're ranked sixth. Um, I, this is a hot take. I'm about about to give you something spicy. Uh Uh-oh. And we're going to have an FCS preview uh, episode eventually, but... I think Weber State finishes as low as number four in the big sky this year. I think they're going to finish behind Eastern Washington and both of the Montanas. As much as you and I hate the Montanas, uh, imagine I will get there. When when, when, when Montana's ranking is revealed, I will say what I need to say about (laughs) the Grizzlies. Number seven, Southern Illinois, your boys, the the Salukis, the Zoo. Uh, Don't I'll let you talk about them. What do you think about them this fall? I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, they kind of had not a dream season, but a very good season last year. It'll surprise a lot of people, and I'm excited. They're in a tough conference. They do have a lot to prove, uh, a sour taste in their mouth, how they finished. But uh, like I said, I'm excited for my Salukis and the Zoo. 
I think they can uh, have a similar season. They have a lot to overcome and a lot of mad people in the Missouri Valley that are gunning for the Bearcats. So uh, they, uh, they're definitely going to be the underdogs again. But, you know, I'm always rooting for my Salukis. Well, and something to think about with, with Southern Illinois is that they had – they had South Dakota State on the ropes. They should have beat them. Uh, and so I'm not saying they would have gotten to Frisco, but I'm saying that they could have gotten to Frisco. Uh, so the Salukis are going to be good. I definitely could see it. North Dakota, number eight. Uh, at one point in the spring, the perennial best team in the country. Mm. Uh, major fall off. You know, they had some COVID issues, had some games canceled. Um, what do you think? You think we could see – what they did in the spring, we think they fall off. What, what do we think about North Dakota? I think they've been building. They've definitely been building to be the team to beat North Dakota State. Their defense is fantastic. Their run game is really good. I think, uh, man, I don't know. I like I said, the Missouri Valley is so complicated, so tough. I think they're going to beat. I think they're going to beat a couple of teams. Maybe upset a South Dakota State, North Dakota State. I don't know if they're going to be back to that number one spot that they were, but uh, they could surprise a lot of people and and hurt a bunch of the Missouri Valley's chances by getting some good wins. Dalton, isn't it crazy that the Missouri Valley is uh, is home to the preseason number three, number four, number seven, and number eight teams? That's that the, is that's the SEC for incredible. You. That's incredible, and I see all four of them making the playoffs this year, and so. You know, if Sam Houston makes a run, would not surprise me if we run into one of those. Number nine, the beloved Montana Grizzlies. Oh, bro. Imagine a team, and if you saw it on Twitter, we had some players get into it with uh, some Montana fans, Montana alums. Shout out Isaac Schley, Matt McRoberts. We love them. But imagine a team talking noise to us about trophies that hasn't won a national championship since 2002. And I think I, I remember saying something, too, that the last time they went far was the semifinals, and I think they, they lost. They lost to Sam Houston State. Oh, Sam Houston State. So, I mean, dude, we've got team. We've got players on our team this year that weren't born in 2002. I mean, this, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, and, and I think they're going to be good. Uh, I actually, I'm pretty sure maybe – Four or five episodes ago, I said that the final four. Oh no, it was after the national championship. We gave our our prediction for next year. I said that the final four will be Sam Houston, Montana, North Dakota State, and James Madison. That was my final four. I'm sticking to it just because I want a little bit of uh, you know climactic action with the uh, Montana Grizzlies and the Bearcats. So you're taking, you're still taking Montana over Montana State. Yes, I am. I am, uh, and that that's. Uh, isn't that called like the Battle of the West or something? It's yeah. like a huge rivalry game. Uh, that's, I think their their trophy. No, that's a uh, which one has like the rock? That is the marker game. South Dakota State, North Dakota State. Yeah, yeah the 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 wild or I don't know what exactly what it's called, but I know it's a really big deal uh, with Montana and Montana State. But yes, give me give me Montana in that one. We will be all over it when the time comes. Number ten, the second whack A Sun Challenge member to be uh, mentioned, Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks. Gonna be a good game. Gonna be a good one. It, would you? Let me ask you this. First, for I know you have Sam Houston winning it, um, but second place in the WAC ASON, would you have Jacksonville State or Central Arkansas? Ah, man, that's tough. Um, I'm probably gonna go Central Arkansas still. I think they have a really a lot of good players, a couple of Americans in there, and uh, they're definitely <clears throat> hungry. They're kind of mad that they didn't compete in the spring, and uh, they're definitely upset that Sam Houston won. So I'm going to go the Central Arkansas. But Jacksonville State's still a tough team. But, uh, man, that had a disappointing end in the playoffs, uh, especially when you were a seeded team. I don't know. I'm a little worried about them. They're, but they're going to have a, also a bad taste in the mouth, just like a couple other teams, uh, Delaware and Weber State. But I'm still going Central Arkansas. Well, I think that's why people are, are, are a lot lower on Jacksonville State uh, from a preseason standpoint because of the disappointment in the playoffs being given the fourth seed. 
Uh, at number 11, we've got the Eric Berrier-led Eastern Washington uh, what are they, the Eagles? Are they the Eagles? I think so. Yeah, the Eagles, excuse me. Uh, but the Redfield Warriors, um, first-round exit to North Dakota State. Uh, that's a tough That's a tough draw for anyone. Tough draw to have to go to Fargo. Uh, but I think Eastern Washington is good enough to win the Big Sky this year. Yeah, I definitely think uh, uh, Eric Berrier, he's still playing, right? He's, he's still playing, as far as I'm concerned. Definitely got a chance for Walter Payton. Oh, uh, yeah. It's going to be, you know, it's probably going to be Eric Smith, Cole Kelly, and Eric Berrier again. Again, even though Eric Smith wasn't top, whatever. Ridiculous. We're not going to talk about that. But uh, he's got he's got a lot to prove. Potential NFL draft pick. Uh, we'll have to see what he does. Uh, number 12, we got Montana State. We talked about them. Give me Montana. Uh, and at number 13, who is absolutely my sleeper of the year, I predict them to – they could finish as good as being in the top four, but I definitely think they're going to get a first-round bye, being that it's eight teams this year, not four. Monmouth. Ooh. Monmouth the is boys. the real deal. I'm telling y'all, they get they they people don't talk about that team enough because they were a first round exit. But I, I take it from two people that have played them. Monmouth is the real deal. Yeah, I feel like uh, I definitely feel like they were they were about two or three plays from potentially beating the national champions. Uh, that's a good team, and they're yeah. gonna be really fun to watch. Oh yeah, coming in at 14, Central Arkansas, the Purple and Grayfield Warriors. Um, that's going to be a good battle. It's going to be a good battle between Sam Houston and Central Arkansas. I think the winner of that one could win the entire conference uh, from that game alone. That'll be fun. And uh, the highest-ranked Southland Conference team, the depleted Southland Conference, number 15, Southeastern Louisiana, Cole Kelly, the reigning Walter Payton winner. A lot of good players. They're good, though. Uh, I think that them and Nichols are going to battle it out. They played twice this year, which is weird. Um... You know, hot take. I think one wins one game, and I think another wins the other game. So. I mean, it's hard to play two two times. Dude, it's hard, man. Team. Especially it's, in college, the, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Well, in NFL, everyone kind of runs the same offense and kind of runs the same crazy defensive schemes. But college is so you know this is our thing. Mm-hmm. This is our thing. Um, and and to beat someone once is hard enough. To turn around and use the same thing that you beat him in the first game to win the second game. Super tough. Does, uh, uh, does Cole Kelly have the same season he had this year? He's definitely a, I weaker, mean, a weaker conference. We can we can all admit with the Texas four yeah, leaving, he he I, might throw for he a might throw for yards. a million yards. I, I mean, yeah, statistically, I think yes, he probably has the same season. Uh, and result wise, I think yes, he probably has the same season. Maybe no playoffs. Maybe a first round exit, second round exit, whatever. Oh, also. CeeLo with a logo change. They, they get a little update. Way better. Way no better. more Skechers logo. They get the lion going. They look a lot better. The 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 L out of the shape of the state of Louisiana, solid. Good yep. job, CeeLo. Uh, to skip around, uh, we won't go through the entire top 25, but at number 17, we've got Dalton's Cadets, VMI. Yes, Lord. A lot of, a lot, I hope they do great this year. Kennesaw State comes in at 19. Northern Iowa, 21. Nichols at 22. And rounding out the top 25 is North Carolina A&T. They make their move to the Big South this season, led by Jermaine Martin, possibly the best running back in the FCS. Well, North Carolina A&T finished last year 9-3. They could uh, they could have a really good run this year. They, uh, they've been wanting to get in. They finally get in. We could see some really interesting play from North Carolina A&T. But that's enough from FCS. We move on. And, of course, before we get to NFL, we have the Fantasy Corner. Your time to talk about fantasy football. And uh, we've had a couple, two different 
fantasy football things going on for you. Of course, you have your draft that you had, and then we have the walk-on radio fantasy football. You're gonna that's kind of you're running it, your details. Get in the details. Tell everybody what's going on. But first, your draft happened. Let's hear about it, Dalton. So uh, you know we posted on social media, uh, my league, my personal league with my buddies back home. Uh, Eleven years. That, that's a that's a that's a hard thing to do. Um, I, I truly aspire to uh, one day be like my dad. And his friends, Fantasy Football League, this is their 32nd year. That's awesome. Uh, so it's our 11th year. Uh, like I said, that, that's, that's definitely awesome. But So the draft, um, uh, you guys know that I'm a Jonathan Taylor mega fan. Um, last year, you know, a couple rules in our league allowed me to keep Jonathan Taylor pretty late. And so I did not get Jonathan Taylor until the sixth round, which the significance in that is that I had the number one overall pick. Uh, and I took Christian McCaffrey as announced on Walk on Radio that just rocked Dalton's my world. Surprise, yeah. That just rocked Dalton's world. Uh, I get to pair him with a sixth round running back that should be taken in the first round. So I load up on receivers. I load up at quarterback. Now I have a question about that real quick. So Jonathan, the way y'all do it is y'all each get a player that you get to keep for two years, right? Yep. So why wouldn't you just get him last? And then have a spot there. Why would you get him six rounds? Well, so it, the way it works is, is you have to you have to announce that you're keeping that person at the moment you draft him. So it, I have to like I drafted him in the sixth round because he wouldn't have made it to the end. You mm-hmm. see what I mean? So you know, it, last year he was worth a sixth or seventh round pick. I take him in the sixth, keep him in hopes that next season. He, he's better than a six-rounder, and, and obviously, home run on that deal. Uh, this year, I actually did the same thing with a running back out of North Carolina, a rookie uh, that's going to play for the Denver Broncos this year, Javante Williams. So this year and next year, he is my seventh-round pick. Uh, so hopefully, he breaks out, takes the starting job from Melvin Gordon, and and the rest is history. But yeah, my I won't go through my entire team, but I take Justin Jefferson from the Vikings, I take Keenan Allen from the Chargers. Dalton's a big Chargers guy big this year. Big Chargers guy, all in. I take Amari Cooper uh, from the Dallas Cowboys, mm, and my quarterback. And my quarterback is the newly very, very rich Josh Allen. And Ooh, I love that pick. Love very that pick. rich. Now we have a problem, home. Okay. We made an agreement last year because you picked Aaron Rodgers, and uh, you won. Yeah. So, in my understanding, is I thought you would. From now on, have a Packer on your team. Yeah, I no Packers. <laughs> so therefore, as the as the luck of Dalton with the pick'em, no ring. I have cursed you for this season. You're gonna have the worst fantasy season you've ever had. And everyone's gonna get hurt. And uh, it, it's just it's a bad thing. And also, you uh you had a pick towards the end of the draft that uh, oh my you, God. you I forgot. In uh, a couple episodes, have multiple frustration and, and let go. So tell everybody who you picked. Well, first off, I, I want y'all to know that Dalton doesn't text me, uh, how's the draft going? Doesn't text me, you know, what's your team looking like? He texts me, have you taken a Packer yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so no no Packer this year. I, I definitely tried for my boy Dalton, but Dalton. Uh-oh. And I, I texted him this with utter regret. <laughs> um, the question was asked to me one time that, if there was one player that that I hate from fantasy football that I'll never take again, uh, just leaves a bad taste in my mouth, who would that be? And immediately I interrupt Dalton and 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 don't even need to hear the rest of the question. The answer is Antonio Brown. Mm. I hate him. Uh, cannot stand the guy. I, I think he's it, it, his name's not Antonio Brown. It's Antonio Clown. <laughs> um, 
But golly, uh, it got to the thirteenth round. Okay, and I, you know, I make a I make a pretty elaborate list each year, and and he's at the top of the list in the eleventh, top of the list in the twelfth, top of the list in the thirteenth, and finally it's my pick. I gotta take him. I gotta take him for the betterment of the team. Uh, you know, he's my sixth receiver. I feel like a guy that once was the best NFL receiver, uh, you know, in the world. I feel like a 13th round pick with with Tom Brady as your quarterback is a pretty is a pretty slam dunk deal and and you know if he doesn't work out I just cut him whatever I, I hate the guy but you know maybe he'll have a comeback he did have a good back half of the season and like you said he's being uh, thrown to by Tom Brady yep. and the Super Bowl winning Bucks could be interesting it could surprise a lot of people uh, and it's a weird pick for you but you know what Definitely if it works it works next up you know you talked about your fantasy draft but now we have. The walk-on fantasy draft you've been talking about it for a while. So give me some updates, what's going on, and uh, everything about it. So Dalton, we uh, we posted a little bit of a uh, you know a flyer uh, that we were looking to have a walk-on radio fan league, and you know a lot of people reached out to us, and, and it was a big success. So we went ahead and went through with it, uh, and we're excited. We we've got it's a ten-team league. Uh, it's filled with with walk-on radio fans, uh, Bearcat fans. And uh, even my dad, uh, so that's fun. But it's uh, I'll go through the names just as a shout out to him. But ten team league: Ryan Humphreys, Dalton Meyer, Tory Humphreys, uh, the representatives of Sports of SHU, our, our beloved Twitter page. We love those guys. Also, did you see his hype video? Oh yeah, that was he awesome. He does great stuff. He said he doesn't even do videos. Shout out Sports of SHSU. You do a great job. Andrew Waldo, Jordan Smith, uh, Jared Willis. Jared Willis is is just king, oh, king Bearcat football. He's, he loves he's a great it. Great guy. He loves it. He loves his Bearcat football. Gabe Myers, Nicholas Wilson, and Luke Scott. So that's that is your first annual Walk on Radio Fantasy Football League. We are excited. The draft is next Monday. Don, what pick do you got? What pick do you got? I'm not gonna tell you now. No, I'm saying I'm saying what pick are you? Oh, I thought you said who am I? No, picking? no, no. I am number three, and I am number two. So when we when we were, I, I totally randomized the order. Uh, it was looking like it might be. Uh, Ryan number one and Dalton number two. That would have definitely raised yeah. some suspicion. And I think uh, you said also that week one matchup is yeah. Dalton versus Humphrey. And, and, I, and I swear to God, that was totally random. It's totally random. So definitely an upset brewing. I'm the fantasy guru, but you know, if Dalton beats me week one, I would not bat an eyelash because that's just what Dalton does. And I'm taking Aaron Rodgers number one. Aaron Rodgers number three, with, actually. with the number three pick. If you do that, Dalton, it's going to be a rough year. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. But yeah, draft next Monday. We're going to post stuff from it. It's going to be uh, on v, on ESPN. We're going to we're not getting together, but it is going to be on the computer Monday night. So we will we'll definitely give you updates. But we are excited about that. Yeah, keep keep looking at Twitter. We'll like you said, you'll keep you updated, and uh, we'll get into that. It's going to be really fun. Next up is NFL talk, and the first thing is our favorite thing, Hard Knocks. Yes. Hard Knocks has come out. Well, it's not come out yet. It's premiering, I think, next week. Tomorrow. It's tomorrow. And it's uh, it's America's team. It's America's team. And I don't know. I've been I've been watching some videos, and uh, Connor Williams, number 52, former Texas tackle, now Cowboys guard. He's been kind of locking up Aaron Donald a little bit. There was a little bit of brawl. I've seen three brawls so far in this little joint Cowboys-Rams camp. I mean, this, this Hard Knocks is going to be an interesting season. What do you think? Guys, I'm going to first comment that uh, a little bit of a suspicion that I have. I think that that throughout the duration of, of the Ryan and Dalton friendship, the saga that we call Walk on Radio, 
I think Dalton is slowly becoming a Cowboys fan. Oh, I think he is. I, I, I'm not saying he would ever like the Cowboys more than the Packers, but you should have just heard some of the things he said when we're staying at the Star for the national championship. You should have. You should hear or see the things he sends me on Twitter. I think somewhere behind that redheaded beard, behind that redheaded flow of hair, there's a Cowboys fan. Look, when you see a stray puppy on the street that needs food and water, you want to take care of it. <laughs> and being a fan of a winning program, you just feel bad. But I won't, I won't lie. If I'm a football you know, I am a football player. If I'm an NFL prospect, I want to go the Cowboys first. Jerry Jones does a great job. He takes care of his players. Look at the facilities. I got to see the star and everything in between. It's great. But uh, back to training camp and hard knocks. How do you feel about Cowboys training camp so far? Are you excited for hard knocks? And what is your favorite season of hard knocks? There's been a lot of them. But uh, which one just stands out for you? Well, well, with with the Cowboys training camp stuff, golly, I've seen a lot of good videos. And I know... You know, they're not going to post bad videos, but but the stuff I've seen is incredible. I actually saw a tweet, and uh, after about the fifth crazy catch that CeeDee Lamb had made, uh, it said either CeeDee Lamb is about to be the greatest receiver of all time or the Cowboys defense is that bad. And I think it's, <laughs> I, I think it's somewhere in between. Uh, I don't have much expectations from the Cowboys defense, but I think CeeDee Lamb is going to break out. Um, but it's been good to see, man. It's been good to see Dak throwing. You know, he had a little bit of a shoulder scare. I think it's more precautionary. I need people to get their feathers out uh, from being ruffled. But uh, Hard Knocks is going to be fun. It's it's obviously cool for me because that is my team. Uh, and it's been a long time since the Cowboys have been on Hard Knocks. So seeing that behind-the-scenes look is, is going to be pretty neat. But really, at the end of the day, Dawn, it's going to be really cool looking back at it if we're great. And it's going to be really embarrassing to look back at it if we're not. Another player that has kind of caught my attention through Twitter and hopefully through the Hard Knocks uh, season Michael Parsons, mm. my God, he's flying around. I think our rookie of the year prediction might come true. It's 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 looking to be a lock. Obviously, I hope he stays healthy. But if you watch the Hall of Fame game, and we're going to get into that shortly, he did have a fumble recovery on his first ever uh, professional football drive. So obviously a good start for the kid. Uh, all the videos I've seen, he's been playing all over the field. D-tackle, D-end, middle linebacker, outside linebacker. The dude's an animal. Yeah, very exciting for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is back, and he's throwing some dimes. Oh, dude, did you see? You see all the baskets oh, yeah. he's making. So they every year they do family night. They have a big practice under the lights in Lambeau. Everyone show comes out. That's it's really, really fun. Cool. It's That's a really cool, cool thing. Aaron Rodgers looks really good. Well, Green Bay, it's cool because it's such a small. I oh, mean, that that yeah. the Packers are the whole town. It's literally this field and then a neighborhood right next yeah, door with little yeah. houses. It's really cool. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks great. He has he been does. picking on our fre- our freshman, our rookie cornerback, uh, Eric Stokes. He's going after him. Him and Devontae have been unstoppable. Jair looks great. Everybody looks great. We look great. I'm excited. We look great for one more year, and then oh. it's the dark ages. Well, for apparently Aaron Rodgers said that him and the GM's relationship is work in progress. So uh-huh. that's good. At least they're working on it. Maybe uh-huh. they can figure something out. Uh-huh. We might win the Super Bowl this year. Uh-huh. We, we, we were one cornerback from winning the NFC Championship. And I think we got that fixed. I need I need a Dallas Green Bay playoff game. Oh no! I need a Dallas Green Bay playoff. You don't game. want that. If there's a Dallas playoff, there's a Dallas Green Bay playoff game in Dallas. Ryan and Dalton walk on radio. We're going. That's going to be. We're bad going. You. We're going. That's I think fun. we should live stream I, our faces. The a whole small game. price to pay for salvation. I will risk that. <laughs> just just to laugh in your face 
uh, in the chance that Dak Prescott leads us to a Super Bowl title. You know, either way, it's a win-win for me. Packers win this, go to the Super Bowl. If not, my <laughs> prediction was right, and, I, and I'm always right. <laughs> but uh, we know who would win that game. Favorite season of Hard Knocks. You ask me, I'm asking you. Oh, man, this is tough. I, uh, I always grew up watching Hard Knocks. There's a lot of good ones. You know, the Ravens was a really interesting one. Shannon Sharp, Ray yeah. Lewis. The, the most recent one with L.A. was interesting because it was a COVID situation. Yep. It was the same thing we kind of went through. So that was fun to watch. The, Miami was really fun. I was going to Miami was fun, and I liked the Browns one. Those, the Browns were, those was, were my two the favorites. The Browns was interesting, but I'd probably say the Ravens just because there were so many characters. Uh, the famous clip of <laughs> the, the, the rookie Sharp, doing yeah. the Shannon Sharp impressions, I want my restitution. That's the funniest <laughs> stuff ever, and that's just stuff that we go through, and it's was, really fun. I was going to say, it's fu- it's fun for guys like us who are living that life. It's no different. It's yeah. it, NFL training camp and, and, and college training camp is the exact same yeah. thing. So it's really fun to watch. Uh, this one, uh, it's going to be great given that it's America's team. It's always fun to watch. Oh, I have a question for you because you know your team in and out, right? Okay. So every year, Hard Knocks has those couple players that they, that they like to pull out and they follow them through the whole Hard Knocks season. Do they make the team? Do they make it? Do you have any predictions of who that could be? I, I assume my guess is Michael Parsons, of course. But is there another player that may have gotten drafted or signed that you uh, you should have your eye on for Hard Knocks? Well, uh, obviously, Mike Parsons is, is definitely making the team uh, as far as that goes. But, you know, there, there's – and I watched, I watched a Hall of Fame game the other night, and there were some rookie receivers uh, that caught my eye. And they caught my eye because they were big college football names. Uh, and let me, let me pull them up. You've got – Texas Longhorn, former Texas Longhorn, Brennan Eagles. Mm-hmm. Excited to see how he does. Former Stanford Cardinal, Simi Fihoko. We got him late in the draft. I think he's an awesome prospect. And then the last one is uh, Texas Tech's TJ Vasher. Six foot six outside receiver. Oh, wow. I mean, hey now, if that works out, that could be really nice. But I'm going to keep my eye on all three of them. I'm excited. Uh, that, that's the cool part about Hard Knocks is – you do get that inside look. It's not just videos of Dak. It's not just videos of Zeke. It's it's the entire program. Yeah, it's really fun. And it sucks when you see him get cut, but that's the name of the game. And they always find a good place. So it'll be really interesting to watch. We'll see those couple players that, that get picked out and uh, and gets to, to watch. Dalton, speaking of training camp, Davion Davis is, is, is signed to the to the Browns roster. Uh, and, and I'm excited to see what he's able to do, and if he's able to make the the roster when it's when it's all said and done, and he's uh, he's going to learn from two really good receivers, oh, Odell yeah. Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, kind of similar in the in the way they play. So uh, it's going to be fun. I uh, can't can't wait to talk to him. And uh, you know, Davion, he's one of our one of our good friends. We 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 played with him our first year. He's been around since, but be cool to talk to him about you know what's Baker like. Yeah. Uh, you know how, how's how's Nick Chubb? How's how's Kareem Hunt? That's it's just really cool that he gets to interact with people like that. Yeah, I'm the same way with Gunnar Oshesky. Just hearing exactly. his stories, exactly. first playing with Tom Brady, now Cam Newton. You know, you get to hear all this stuff. It's really cool to hear. So, Hump, next up, the Hall of Fame game. Before we talk about the Hall of Fame, Cowboys took a loss. It's yep. preseason. You can't really think. Ben DiNucci was like the quarterback. So uh, talking about the Hall of Fame game, what do you think? What do you see? And uh, how do you feel about your boys? I, I first off want to say, and I'm not just saying this because the Cowboys lost. I Wins and losses in the preseason, who cares? Yeah. That's not what it's about. It's about the young guys uh, trying to make the roster. Yeah. And, that, and that, that's what it is. It doesn't Wins and losses, I'm just glad we're keeping score. It don't matter. Uh, number one, Ben DiNucci sucks. Uh, not Gucci DiNucci. I, I, first off, I don't like him because of the whole tweet fiasco with James Madison and Sam Houston State, but... Watching him, I mean, 
the dude is not very good. He's just not. I don't know how. I, he's not going to make the roster. I really don't think he will. So who's um, who's quarterback number two is? I don't. I don't know. I'm not really into. To, to me, to me, it's it's Garrett Gilbert. I think it's Garrett Gilbert. He's going to be the two, and he's not. You know, he's not a great backup quarterback. But if you're to your backup quarterback, things are going bad anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we saw what the Cowboys are without Dak Prescott, and that's fine. I'm. I'm I'm okay with admitting that. I mean, what are the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers? Not uh, as good. Jordan Love, Super Bowl winning team. Not as good. They can't <laughs> be as good. But my second point is, and you you asked, you know, who's a, real, a young player that we're, need, we need to keep an eye on? It's it's North Dakota State transfer to LSU, Jabril Cox. Uh-oh. Jabril Cox, it, apparently he had an incredible Hall of Fame game. He graded out really well. But I think that that is going to be a, a late-round steal, and I'm very excited to see Jabril Cox. Well, the thing that I hear about this makes me kind of nervous for Jalen Smith and Vander Ash. It kind of seems like both of them might be out the door. And now, of course, one of them will probably stay and be kind of that Sean Lee backup role. But what's going on? I know Jalen Smith, a lot of people were concerned about him. They said Michael Parsons looks a lot better. Vander Ash, he's kind of only good at that run stop, struggles with the coverage. What's going on with your two veteran linebackers? Well, I think people... I don't know. Jalen Smith, we, we did roll out the red carpet, uh, pay him a lot of money, so he needs to live up to it. But I think Jalen Smith is going to be better with Micah Parsons and Leighton Vederesh on the field. I think that that potentially could be the best linebacking core in the NFL if, yeah. if they live up to expectations. Uh, but, you know, Leighton Vanderesh's problem is the best ability is availability, mm-hmm. and, he, and he can't stay healthy. Uh, and, you know, you cannot make plays if you're not on the field. And so I think for him, it just he needs to focus on staying on the field because when he's on the field, he makes plays. Another team that uh, you just talked about staying healthy, and one of your boys, your team, Indianapolis Colts. Oh, boy. Uh, they are having a collapse. Carson Wentz is hurt. Quentin Nelson is hurt. Darius Leonard is banged up. Oh, no. Your, uh, your Colts is falling apart. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, um, I'm not thrilled. Now, this um, is great fantasy news for Jonathan Taylor, it seems like, because without Carson Wentz, you're either getting Jacob Eason, former Georgia-Washington quarterback, or Sam Ellinger at quarterback, yeah. or uh, Brett Hundley, who they signed, <laughs> right. former Packer legend. What? <laughs> well, uh, as far as Jonathan Taylor goes, you know, without Carson Wentz, they are going to be overly running the ball. Um, but they did have uh, Quentin Nelson go down with the exact same injury, who I would consider the best offensive lineman in the league. So that's not good for Jonathan Taylor. And also Ryan Kelly, one of their tackles. Uh, I think he's a Pro Bowl. He was a Pro Bowl selection. He's gone too. Golly, yeah. So tough for the Colts. Uh, I still have faith in him. I still see him making the playoffs. Uh, but you know, Carson Wentz, he needs to come back healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, that's not Week Five or Week Six. Hopefully, that's you know maybe missing a game or two. Uh, but I, it helps that they're not in a tough division. You know, I don't see the I don't see the Houston Texans being able to beat them. Which we need to talk about them in a second. I got a little, little weird, little weird action with the Houston Texans lately. But Houston Texans not going to beat the Colts. Jacksonville, they're up and coming. They're really young. I don't see them beating the Colts. But the Tennessee Titans are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. So. Speaking of the Texans, uh, more Deshaun Watson news. The trade rumors to Eagles are coming. Uh, a little bit more, a little more rumbles are happening. I don't know if you've heard, but Deshaun Watson is currently the fourth or fifth quarterback on the roster, yeah. playing scout team safety. He does not want to be there. Yeah, he, he clearly doesn't want to be there. He's he's not going to play another down as a Houston Texan. Uh, Deshaun to the Eagles. I, I mean, you know, we we could talk about him every episode because it always seems to be news. We we me and Dalton decided that we're not going to talk about Deshaun Watson every single episode, but 
I feel like now's a good time to bring him up because, you know, if you're Houston, and let's just, you know, we'll just be honest with each other. The the, the sexual, you know, assault, allegations, all that, whatever. And maybe they're true. Maybe they're not. Obviously, that is a that is a serious matter. But if you're the Texans and you've got all that surrounding him, why wouldn't you trade him and try to see what you can get? Because if it comes out that all that is true and he never plays, you know, another down in the NFL – I'd rather get something for it than not, you know? Well, it seems like they are asking for a way too much. They have said that they, they're considering four first-round picks and a high player. And what would you do it for? Man, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't know. I would say, two, I would say three first-rounders and, and a, and a middle-class athlete player. It's just tough. He's, he's a generational talent, and he's young. And he did what he did last year on a Texans team. He's he's a guy that you want. He's a guy that can be a franchise guy for plenty of years. But I just I don't know if a team will pull four first round picks. You that is ruining your future as a as, as an organization. And, and for a guy that might not play. So yeah. you you essentially could give up four first rounders for a guy that might not yeah. ever play. Now it seems like with the Eagles, part of their trade would be Jalen Hurts, maybe a couple first rounders, maybe something somebody else. Man, I just don't know who is worth on the Eagles. It's not Jalen Hurts. Like it would have to be like Elaine Johnson and and a Fletcher Cox for Deshaun Watson. It's just this whatever wherever team he's going to go to. If it's not the Eagles, it's going to be a blockbuster trade. Okay, but if you're the Houston Texans, you feel confident that Deshaun Watson is not going to play. Don't you feel like Jalen Hurts is a pretty solid consolation prize? Yeah, but I also, if you're the and Texans, four first rounders, I definitely think taking advantage of a player that you don't know is going to play and you over over uh, you know overstock him, over offer him, you can probably get a lot out of it. This is a win for the Texans, however they see it, unless they just release. Unless them. they don't do anything, and then it'll be a classic Texans move. You know, stuff happens, but they can definitely take advantage of this and take one of those lower teams that desperately desperately needs a quarterback. And uh, make something out of it. I, I hope. I hope uh, the Eagles trade Jalen Hurts, two first rounders, two second rounders to the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson doesn't play it down, and then the Philadelphia. Oh, that might be the biggest <laughs> blunder ever. That would be that would be a, a classic Philly move yeah. right there. But uh, we don't know what's going on with Deshaun. The investigation kind of gone silent. They're doing their thing. Well, uh, when things come out, we will let you know. But, uh, yeah, next up, we have the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame finally happened. The two headlines were Troy Polamalu for the first year, Peyton Manning for the second. They, uh, they kind of trimmed down the speeches. They kind of made them uh, a time limit so you don't get the very long Ray Lewis speech, speeches. But uh, how do you feel about it? We finally, uh, we finally see Peyton in a gold jacket. We all knew it was coming. Troy Polamalu, Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, Megatron. It's cool seeing this group into the Hall of Fame because it's kind of who we grew up with. We're, we're, we're getting to that age where the first wave of players that we watched when we were young are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, so that's pretty neat. I got a chance to go to the Hall of Fame uh, a couple years back, and yeah, listen listen to me clearly. If you are a football fan, you are an NFL fan, the Hall of Fame was one of the coolest experiences that I've ever that I've ever gotten gotten the pleasure to be a part of. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, I spent the day there, me, my dad, and my brother-in-law, and it is, it's just, it's it's football heaven. I mean, it is it is simply unbelievable. Uh, just just the history and the and the nostalgia that that it's a part of that building, Canton, Ohio. 
Uh, it's 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 pretty awesome. You had a uh, you had a cowboy get inducted. Yeah, Drew Pearson. Drew, Drew Pearson. Uh, way Finally. way long overdue. Yep. Um, but yes, uh, props to him and uh, and Jimmy Johnson too. Mm-hmm. Yep. One thing I really think is cool about the Hall of Fame are the busts, the, the little yes. statues. Because you've seen statues and sometimes they're off if they don't look exactly. These Hall of Fame busts oh, are yeah. exactly correct. Oh, it's so yeah. weird. It's it, whoever does it does a great job. But uh, Humph, I have a couple questions for you. Okay. We're going to play Hall of Fame or not. Ooh, These are some okay. players that uh, maybe just retired, still playing, Hall of Fame or not. Number one, we've talked about him before, Philip Rivers, Hall of Fame or not. Philip Rivers, Hall of Fame or not. We're going to start out with a tough one right mm-hmm. out of the gates. I'm going to go not. I'm going to go not, and, and I'm going to give the classic – uh, the classic cliche quarterback answer: He didn't win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He didn't win a Super Bowl, so I'm going not. Okay, Ben Roethlisberger. And to not go back on what I just said, I'm going to go Hall of Famer mm-hmm. because he does have a Super Bowl. All right, here's a tough one for you, Tony Romo. <sighs> storied career, storied character. Does he make the Hall of Fame? If 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 Des. If Dez's play would have been ruled a catch, oh man! And the Cowboys go on to win the Super Bowl. If Tony Romo is a Hall of Famer, oh. but he's not. I'm going no, which is which which hurts me because Tony Romo is one of my all time favorites. I think he's I think he's truly one of the most underrated quarterbacks in NFL history. But no, I'm going to go no Hall of Fame. All right, here's another one. Storied career, no Super Bowl wins. Frank Gore, Hall of Fame or not? Frank Gore, I'm not going to go this. I, the Super Bowl thing doesn't matter as much to me for. For non quarterbacks, um, Frank Gore, he, he's so high up on on any running back list because he's played for a hundred years. But yes, Frank Gore is, is, I would say, a Hall of Famer. Okay, another one, kind of controversial. His his career, your boy Antonio Brown, Hall of Fame or not, he was once considered the best receiver in the game, and he now he has a Super Bowl ring, so that 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 argument goes there too. Hump, is he a Hall of Famer? I'm gonna be honest and and call me biased because I, I talk so much mess about him, but I think. I think that his little, you know, little hiatus or whatever you want to call it is a is a huge blemish on his career. I think that he needed, you know, he was great when he was great, no doubt. But I think he needed two, maybe three more years of, of something like that uh, to be a Hall of Famer. And who knows, maybe maybe he's got some left in the tank with the Bucks or wherever he ends up. Uh, but for now, I'm going to go no. I'll go no Hall of Fame. Got a defensive player. Now, the one, probably an easy answer. The other one, this might have to be a prediction, a hot take down okay. the line. Okay. The Watt brothers. Not counting Derek. Unfortunately, he's a fullback in a dying fullback league. Probably not going to make the Hall of Fame. We have JJ and we have TJ. JJ is a first ballot. They won't even spend any time talking about it. Absolutely a Hall of Famer. TJ, long way to go. Long way to go. Got to do it for for a lot longer uh, to be on par with his brother. But if projectability is, is, is something we're going after, he's definitely headed in the right direction. All right, and last one, we have an old quarterback and we have a young quarterback. Okay. Eli Manning, Patrick Mahomes. Wow. I'm, I'm impressed with the, these questions. You're making me think. I'm impressed. Eli Manning, again, Got to stick to what I'm saying. Eli Manning beat Tom Brady in two Super Bowls. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Patrick Mahomes, you're saying at this point. Yeah, let's this, say. So let's he retired say, tomorrow. You know, crazy injury. Knock on wood. Hopefully that doesn't happen. He retires. Injury, is it, it causes him to end his career. Maybe he does an Andrew Luck and retire. Does he make the Hall of Fame? 
Already an MVP? Already got a Super Bowl? MVP, Super Bowl, MVP, Super Bowl champ. Man, that is – that's a doozy. I am going to say – I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to wow. say no. I'm going to say no only because I consider my dad a very – very intelligent football mind, very intelligent football historian, and I know that if you asked him that question, he would say no. Uh, I think that longevity is very important with, with a quarterback because uh, you look at guys like Tom Brady, you look at guys like Brett Favre, you look at guys like Peyton Manning. They did it for forever. They did it. They did it over a very extended amount of time, uh, and so I don't think Patrick Mahomes is far. All for being a Hall of Famer. I think maybe, I don't know, three more years, and he could probably be a Hall of Famer. But he needs three more years or four more years. You know, I said last one, but that kind of just popped up in my mind. Two more, and you, oh, I you love spoke about longevity. And I think we've talked about this before. Ryan Fitzpatrick. He Every team he goes to gets better. Doesn't have any – he's not an all-pro. He's not a pro bowler. And then so remember that that's what I told you he has to make a pro bowl to be eligible that's mm-hmm. like that's like one of the stipulations and another one and this one's is tough because he he had a couple good years Cam Newton MVP oh, of the league man. some good stats kind of Super falling bowl. off Golly. does Cam Newton make the Hall of Fame Ryan Fitzpatrick as much as that would be cool no no chance Cam Newton Cam Newton man that is tough uh, I'm gonna go no I'm gonna go no. Uh, because at the end of the day, would you really put in, in a historical sense, in an all-time career sense, would you put Cam Newton over Tony Romo and Phillip Rivers? Man, I no. but if we're talking the best year, Cam Newton had his MVP year, Tony Romo had a death drop a year. I, I agree with that, but I think when we look back at it in 30 years, any list you read, any any whatever, stat check, whatever – Phillip Rivers and Tony Romo will be considered better than Cam Newton. I think so. And I don't think either of them are Hall of Famers. Yeah. So, that, so no. That's my no. Another one popped up. Tony <laughs> Romo, Jason Witten. Jay, oh, no question. First ballot. No thought. Could make a case that he's one of the greatest tight ends ever. Mm-hmm. Tony Gonzalez is a Hall of Famer already. Rob Gronkowski is headed there, definitely. And Jason Witten will, too. All right. So, Hall of Fame. Where we have a long time before any of those guys probably get in. Are tight ends is, is tight ends a dying breed? No, not at all. Tight ends is actually is, is, a growing is, breed. Is the is the Jason Witten Tony Gonzalez tight end a dying breed? That's quite. I I think the Jason Witten tight end is dying. I think Tony Gonzalez was one of the first of this new generation of tight end because he could do what you know, he can run these crazy routes and how fast he was. But the Jason Witten tight end. Is dying. So similar to the fullback, the big, slower, you know, five-yard curl routes, five-yard drag routes, that is gone. Now there's always going to be that tight end in the depth chart. There's gonna you're gonna have your Travis Kelsey, and they're gonna have your guy behind him who does the blocking. But as an overall, as a starter, as a star player, what they're looking for in the tight end is no longer Jason Witten. And they're sense, looking for Darren Waller and Kyle yeah, Pitts. You've seen, you know, you saw those last couple of years with Jason Witten. He just looked. He didn't look like he was the same Jason Witten. Of course, he's gotten older. But compared to some other tight ends, he just looks slow and old, and it, you hate to see it because I am that I am that tight of tight end where I, I block. I don't run very fast routes, but I can get open, and I'm a big body. That's just not who we are anymore. The tight end position has evolved into the fast, more of a receiver. You four six, four seven. It's a it's a new breed of tight ends, but it's a very exciting Hall of Fame. Uh, just came hopefully next year. We're going to see the new ones. It's going to be really cool. Hump. 
Any last words before we end this episode? Dalton, it, it, it's, you know, it's as fun as it always is. Uh, episode 45. Uh, we're almost to the big 5-0. We're almost to the big 5-0. But, uh, yeah, fantasy football draft next week. We're going to keep you posted. We're going to do a better job of posting stuff about camp. Uh, me and Dalton, honestly, we're just so tired. We're, we're so tired from practice and, and, and uh, meetings and all that. But we're ready to play Northern Arizona September 2nd. We're pumped. What about you, Dalton? Any last words? I'm excited, man. We get to play in a dome. We get to travel to Arizona. New turf. Did you yeah. see that? Beautiful. New, it's beautiful. New uniforms, new everything for that. Man, hey. We're going to get the treatment all year. We're oh, going to yeah. get the national championship treatment. It's going to be fun. We've got a target on our back. <gasps> Dalton, I just remembered one thing. Uh-oh. Ring ceremony. Ooh. It's been announced. Do we save it for next episode, or do, do we want to give a little detail about it? We'll tell them. We'll no. tell them. We'll tell them. We'll tell them. All right. September 16th, Sam Houston <sighs> National Championship ring ceremony. I don't know any details. Hopefully, it's to where fans can come. Uh, but apparently, it's going to be a big shindig. Mm-hmm. Dalton. Walk on Radio Nation has no idea what these rings look like, and I am I am fired up. Oh yeah, well, fired up. You know we got a sneak peek of it. Oh yeah, we've seen them. So I'm excited. Oh, I'm pumped. And uh, uh, I'm pumped. You know we had the option of picking ring sizes. Oh you yeah. You can get the biggest ring, or you can get the medium, maybe a smaller. So you can wear it all the time. Let's just say that mine uh, is a small belt buckle. Yeah, uh, I, on the top of my hand. They, you know, Coach Keeler, he wears his Nash Championship <laughs> ring every day. It's a little bit smaller. And I don't care. I'm wearing the 6X every day. I got the biggest one. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to go to the grocery store and have it out. I'm really excited to see Well, it. and I get his point. Uh, you know, you want to get it smaller so you can wear it every day, blah, blah, blah. I'm wearing the big one every day. Yeah. And, I, and I told I told my parents jokingly, I'm going to wear it on special occasions only. Uh, and they're like, oh, you know, what? what's a special occasion? I said, uh, going to the gas station, going to class, <laughs> going to HEB. All those are special occasions now. It's so crazy to think. We, you know, we see the, the Super Bowl ring ceremony, the National Championship for the FBS. We get one of those now. We get the diamond ring, the big ring. We get to walk around. Everyone's going to look at us. That's going to be us. Oh, dude, I, what does this do for, you know, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now when we come back to a game, have, have National Championship reunions? What – what does this do for that? How cool are all of those moments now? Well, it's gonna look really cool when you have when we have four. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. The only thing better than one is two or three or four. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we'll talk more about it later, and of course, we'll follow it up on Twitter. You're gonna see plenty of pictures when it comes around September. That was episode 45. We enjoyed talking to you. Keep following on social media, and we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.